Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White. An on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Well, that's never happened before. That was the best good morning yet. <laughs> Usually I have your mic turned on, not mine. Hey, we're off to a flying start. Thanks for joining us on the morning drive on Sports Talk 97.7. Aaron here alongside uh, Jake Martin in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe. What up, Jake? What's up? <laughs> we're all turned up now? Yeah, we're good? Yeah, I think so. Okay. We're kind of like a Louisiana Tech's game, Conference USA tournament. It's a little herky-jerky. That's stop, right. start, stop, start. And I think when we go through headlines, let's start there. What a royal mess down in Biloxi. Yeah, a royal mess indeed. A game that was supposed to start at 12.30, yet did not even finish yesterday. I don't know where you go from here if you're coming to USA. Uh, Where they go, and we'll go through the schedule. This is going to be, and this was supposed to be the good day for weather-wise down in Biloxi. Uh, Buddy down in uh, Biloxi, Patrick Clay, of course, used to work at KNUE, now working at a TV station down there. Got a text from Merlin today. Said uh, this isn't going to be good today. They're actually considering uh, just postponing all the games for the day. Probably should have done that. Well, then you start crunching the numbers. How do you fit in all these games? And if the bad weather is still supposed to be on the horizon. Yeah. Uh, so those issues, then uh, it's bad enough. And then Louisiana Tech goes out and they just get off to a dreadful start, including Lane Burroughs getting booted out of the game in the second inning. Talk about having a bad day. Yeah. Um, yeah, not only getting booted, but having to just wait around all day. That had to be a terrible day. And, and We're going to let some time pass before next week, of course, but I'm curious, how does Lane spend that time, or where do you go? Yeah. Yeah, what do you do with that time? But honestly, this was a royal mess from the beginning yeah. because the strike zone, yeah. who could have – who could have told you what that strike zone was? Mm. Like, did anybody know what it was? Because uh, some balls straight down the middle weren't strikes. Mm. And that, of course, is why uh, Lane Burroughs was so upset and eventually got tossed. And, man, he that was some fire from him that, yeah. you know, it, we have him on every week. Mm. And you know he's one of the most, you know, just easygoing guys. You, just, you can tell that just from talking to him each week. To see him uh, react yeah. like that. I've seen him fired up a couple times, and you remember when uh, Northwestern State came to J.C. Love Field when he was a coach for the Demons, he got uh, booted out of that game too. So there have been instances where yeah. he'll – the other thing is, so if you're in the conference tournament and if you're the ump, do you give him a little bit more leeway? What That's what I said? was thinking. That's what I was thinking. Maybe he gets a little bit more leeway, but he certainly didn't. He said, go back to your dugout, and then Lane said something else, and boom, gone. So they were literally supposed to play four games yesterday, and they got through, what, one and three-fourths of a game? Yeah. So now what that means is uh, UTSA and Charlotte will play their game this morning at 9 a.m., and then after the conclusion of that game, they'll resume the Rice-Louisiana Tech game. Of course, the Owls are leading 6-1 to in the seventh inning. Then following that game, UAB will square off against Southern Miss. That is slated to start at 1.30, and, you know, this is – I mean, if you're if you're going by these times, it's no, 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 yeah. It, it, and then the Rice Louisiana Tech loser will square off against Florida International around five o'clock. Because you're going to have some more delays, first yeah. of all. But if you're looking at this, you have game four, then game two, then game three, then game five. <laughs> yes. It's a mess. But I mean, I, give them a break. They're, they're trying to do the best, make the best of the situation. But like you said, I mean, you've already seen it through several days of the SEC tournament, it does not go as planned. You know, if you, you usually – I usually look at a time 
And I go, okay, if it's later on in the day, I usually go about two hours later than that. And that's usually pretty close. As for the game, uh, Louisiana Tech got off to a dreadful start. Of course, David Leal on the mound, usually very dependable, uh, has control of his strike zone. Obviously, the umps have something to do with it. He only lasts three innings, has a uh, four walks in the ballgame, including walks in two runs. I think the four walks for him was a season high. They fall behind two to nothing, then a, then a dreadful error by the Bulldogs puts another across the run. So Rice is up three to nothing. Uh, Taylor Young, the one guy that came to play for the Dogs yesterday, he was two for three, started off the game with a single, then he crushed only his second home run of the year to get them on the board three to one. But Rice with three runs in the fifth inning, so right now six to one in the seventh when they resume this thing later today. Yeah. We'll see if this weather delay sparks a rally for the Bulldogs. Mm. 888-993-7762. You can weigh in on the Stuart Shelby hotline slash text line. That's the Louisiana Tech story. LSU put up one whale of a fight versus the top-ranked team in the country, but ultimately it was not enough. No, they fell, they fell to Florida 4-3, to and it was a very sloppy game on both sides. Um, you know, you can point to several different things in this loss for LSU. But I, I think the biggest play came when Coombs was not able to bunt two runners over with no outs in the eighth inning. And that him popping up to the, to the catcher absolutely crushed LSU. And they still had an opportunity with Jake Slaughter coming up with two outs. And he – I mean, he gets a hold of, uh, of a shot. He hits a line drive, and Jonathan India, mm. with the play of a game, yeah. I mean, he shows you right there why he's the SEC player of the year um, with, with with the range that he had and was able to, you know, reach out and make that play. And, and What cut. a strange at-bat for Jake, though, of course. that uh, goes yes. down withering in yes. pain, uh, takes one to the uh, – <clears throat> And then uh, gets fouled back. It. Have up. you ever seen that where somebody fouled it off of that? Gets back up and then literally with a rope down the third base line and just an incredible play, gunned down at first. What that could have meant certainly looks like uh, Louisiana Tech. That gets by the third baseman, uh, ties it up, and then of course LSU had a chance. Of course, with the guy, he would have scored. They they would have yeah, they yeah. would have had to leave. Yeah, I think so. Um, but you know. That's just the way it goes. And there were a couple other plays. I mean, Jake Slaughter did have that two-run homer early in the game. That was awesome to see. Uh, but then a very weird play when it was tied 3-3, three to three and Mikel Hilliard was still pitching. Uh, Slaughter gets a ball, and he goes to step on the bag for the force out, which he does, but then he slips on the bag and was unable to make the double play. And that would have got Hilliard out of the inning. Florida then scores its other run to go up four to thirty. So it was just it was really weird. A lot of sloppy plays. Florida was really sloppy. Uh, you don't expect to see that from arguably the best team in the country, mm. but uh, that's just kind of the way the game was played last. So night. literally, it comes down to two plays at third base. Basically, yeah, yeah, you could say and that. Both I, I still Jake go back slaughter. to the Coombs bunt. I mean, right. that's the fun. You gotta get you gotta get your bat around. You gotta be on top of it and get that bunt down. I mean, that's that, that was awful. Well, Maneri taking a little bit of the blame afterwards, says he puts no blame on Coombs, says, uh, in retrospect, I wish I would have just let him hit. No. It didn't work, so it was a bad move on my part. No, you bunt, you bunt in that situation. I, I hate when fans come, oh, why are you bunting after the fact? No, you should bunt in that situation. Hmm. That was the right call. How about the fact that LSU is hanging in there? I know there are no moral victories, but in, in Hilliard, uh, I was pitching okay, but, of course, the pitch count got up there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, pitch count got up there. It it wasn't it wasn't a bad. I, I'll tell you this: Cam Sanders in relief was outstanding. I think that's the biggest thing you take away from this game if you're LSU, because you're still looking for guys who are going to come out of that pen that are going to be reliable arms this postseason. Cam Sanders, man, he was phenomenal in relief. Uh, Antoine Duplantis had a really good catch on a wall too. Should say. Um, should point that out, but uh, otherwise, I mean, I think they're in. So you can, I guess, you can take this as a moral victory, build off of it. But you know, LSU wants to beat Florida. Who pitches today now for LSU? You know what? I hadn't even saw. Yeah. Yeah. 
big decision coming up for uh, Paul Maneria in terms of them staying alive now on the loser side of the bracket. They will play the loser of uh, South Carolina, Arkansas. That was late last night. I think Arkansas won, didn't they? We'll have to check on that. As of now, there's no indication who will get the start, uh, but Caleb Gilbert's a strong candidate. Uh, Maneri indicated last night that A.J. Labus is still experiencing shoulder soreness. So LSU was up uh, three to nothing against the top-ranked team in the country, unable to capitalize, unable to put the Gators away. That's right. Um, we did have some NBA last night, and <laughs> it kind of looked like the first two games of the Cleveland-Boston series rather than the last two that were just played. Tied at two to two, the Celtics take care of the Cavs, ninety-six to eighty-three, to take a three to two lead. Um, what's interesting about this, Aaron, is all you have to do is pull up your phone, pull up the stats, pull up the box score, and go to the Cavaliers. LeBron James, twenty-six points, ten rebounds, five assists. That's a modest game for him. It's a bad game. It's a bad game for him. Great but, game for anybody else. True. Uh, Kevin Love, 14 points, 7 rebounds. That's kind of about what you expect from him at this point. All right, now let's go to Tristan Thompson, the guy who I thought is, was really the difference maker last couple of games. Only has one point, 6 rebounds. Was 0 for 3 from the field. George Hill, 1 for 5 from the field, 7 points. And J.R. Smith, 1 for 6. 0 for 4 from 3, only 2 points. And then you're like, okay, well, what about the bench? Well, Larry Nance gives you 2 points. Green gives you 8 points. Jordan Clarkson gives you 8 points. You know, Kyle Corbett gives you 7 points. So that's what all you have to do is go, oh, okay, well, the help didn't show up last night. They show up when they want to, and when they show up, the Cavs are likely to win. But last night, they certainly didn't. I think the biggest takeaway for me last night was the the little scuffle. Ah, I liked it. The brouhaha. The brouhaha. Yeah. Um, and it almost backfired on Boston, by yeah. the way. Uh, Marcus Morris uh, fouled. Uh, hard foul. It was a hard foul on Nance. And then. Then the standing over top of him or near him. And stood over him. Said. Stood over him and said. Uh, I you read know his, what he said? I read his lips, yeah. <laughs> he said, what, blank. <laughs> and. Uh, then he starts to walk away, and it jumps up, pushes him in the back, and they start going at it. Yeah. And Rozier runs over and shoves Nance, and uh, three technicals, uh, you know, nothing real huge there. But after that, the Cavs went on a 9-0 run. I was like, oh, man, this really backfired on Boston. But Boston still was able to uh, regain control. And Al Horford w w was great again. Uh, Jason Tatum looked like the best player on the floor last night. And I know that's crazy to say with LeBron James on there, but, you know, when Jason Tatum is at his best, man, he, he can be a, a future all-star the way he plays. How about this stat? Tatum's ninth 20-point game of the postseason. He now sits fourth on the NBA's all-time list and most postseason points by a rookie. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar leading the way. But if Boston can, can extend this thing, of course, now they're just one win away from making the NBA Finals. Yeah, and I feel like Cleveland will win Friday because they're at home, and then they'll go back to Boston, and then Boston will win it in seven. Cavaliers favored by seven for game six at home. Yeah, so you've had no road victories. I feel like that's the way it's going to play out. Boston now 10-0 and in the postseason at home this year. So, hmm. yes, the trend continues. You all will be right, Jake. Yep, yep, yep. And, of course, tonight we have uh, the Warriors versus the Rockets. This should be fun. Game five, actually uh, Houston at home, favored by a point over the Warriors. You liked that, didn't yes, you? Yes, I do. You want you want Warriors are going to rebound, and they're going to rebound in a big way tonight. Yeah. I Well, listen, probably so, and it could get ugly, but I'm anticipating a good game. I'm anticipating – I'm hoping this is the best game – of the playoffs. I'm not putting any stock into the finals. Whoever wins the Western Conference Finals will likely run through whoever they play. That said, um, tonight you got a game five of the series tied 2-2. Two to two. You've seen really good stretches from both teams. I'm hoping, you know, this game is kind of like game four was at Golden State where you just see two really good teams going at it. 
there were the headlines from uh, last night's games. If we missed one or two, you can certainly hit us up on the Stuart Shelby Goosehead Insurance Hotline slash text line. Call Stuart at 548-7474. See how Power of Choice can help you score and save on home and auto insurance. It's all part of the starting lineup brought to you by Louisiana Pain Care. The starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. Are you crying? <laughs> the starting lineup. There's no crying. Let's get to the starting lineup. More oddball headlines coming up in the next segment, including our highly anticipated Astros update. <laughs> Today, fun show. It is Top 10 Thursday, correct? It is Top 10 Thursday. Today. LSU over, Homer over here came up with this idea. That's right. I came up with it myself. Uh, top 10 LSU players in honor of Billy Cannon. This is a little tougher. It was very, very difficult. And I knew it was going to be difficult. Because like I said, that's why I brought up the Mount Rushmore conversation. We can all agree on Billy Cannon, but after that, man. You know who the one player that surprised me the most trying to do a little research on this? Who's that? Josh Reed. Oh, no. I remember. And the statistics that he put out. They were ridiculous. They were video game numbers. They really were. I mean, what, uh, 293 yards in a game Mm -hmm. receiving? He Come averaged uh, 145 yards per game reception. Yeah. Oh, he, he was ridiculous. Yeah. We'll see if the millennial over here gives any respect to the old-timers, too. We'll see. Yeah, I'm thinking nothing but 2010 to 2018 players will make my list. He kind of led this exercise, so we certainly need your help today. 888-993-7762. But we're not all about LSU, even though Jake wants it to be that way. Coming up at 8.15, we'll talk a little Louisiana Tech football. They've got a pretty good exercise going also, trying to name the top 50 players in the Joes history. Should be fun. So we got Keith Prince and uh, Malcolm Butler joining us in studio around 8.15 or so. And, of course, you have a say in this as they try to figure out the top 50. Quint says that was my idea, too, talking about top 10 Thursday. Yes, it was actually Quint's idea. And someone else actually texted Don't worry week. about it. Jake tries to steal the thunder all the time. <laughs> That's right. Uh, he also has a good question here, talking about Boston and Cleveland. Has there ever been a seven-game series where none of the games were close? Yeah. Off the top of my head, seven I can't games, think of yeah. Seven-game series where absolutely none of the games were close? Yeah. With we'll, love, we'll get the uh, research department. Would love that. for you to, to get on that, Aaron. <laughs> Uh, what else we got going on? Oh, yeah, Chris Blair, the voice of the LSU Tigers. He'll be coming up at 8 o'clock for his weekly visit. He'll join, join us from Hoover. We're off and running on the morning drive on Sports Talk 97.7. We're back after this. Welcome back to the show. Aaron and Jake hanging out here in the Caldwell Banker Group 1 Realty Studio in West Monroe. Hey, Tabor, I was uh, disappointed. I, I, you were not working the board yesterday, the logistical nightmare of uh, Louisiana Tech baseball in the Conference USA. Well, I, I did for a greater part of the evening. Ken was in oh, the afternoon so and got the show. And it's so it's winning like two parts. Well, I don't have a – it's hard to communicate with Dave when he's on the road, and he didn't know, so. Well, it was certainly, and the logistical nightmares will continue. Of course, bad weather expected down in Biloxi over the next couple of days. Hey, I got to tell you, though, you know, I love the Hall of Famer Dave Nitz, but the best part, and I heard it twice, when Dave Nitz is telling a story about Wayne Graham, the, the legendary veteran coach of Rice, and uh, telling a story about Wayne Graham and Casey Stengel, it doesn't get any better than that. Casey Stengel cuts Wayne Graham uh, so then that's how he got into coaching. And then later in the game, Nitz is uh, making a reference to how Wayne Graham looks a lot like Casey Stengel, the way they wear the same number and the same mannerisms, how they walk to the mound. Now that is some – that's a history lesson there. <laughs> yes, it is. I think Casey Stengel uh, died in 1975. <clears throat> wow. You were, you're not as impressed as I was. I, I guess not. I guess you had to – hear it you didn't sell me on it sorry <laughs> we, we try to bring a little history and research in this and this is pulling out casey stingle of all things i mean that's pretty good that's impressive yes yeah, <laughs> for sure all right what you got jake you weren't impressed by that i was got a little astros update okay, what for you got? astros were victorious they won four to one they defeated the giants uh springer hit a two-run homer and verlander got the victory mm. 
<laughs> Great update there. Yeah, just trying to, you know. What are they, won like 12 of their last 14, something yeah, like that? Something like that. We don't want to get too deep on these stats. <laughs> I don't want to get the people too much. <laughs> They're on a roll. I think what we need now is a, a daily police report from the sports world. That's we we could always go for that. What you got? Well, I've got something on Richie Incognito, who was recently released by the Buffalo Bills. Um, <laughs> listen to this, Aaron. According to TMZ, four-time Pro Bowl guard Incognito is being held for an involuntary mental evaluation after he was accused of throwing a dumbbell at another person working out at a gym oh. Wednesday morning. I love those meatheads in the gym. Yes. Yeah. Light uh, down your equipment. He was not arrested, <clears throat> but uh, he was put under the provisions of the Baker Act, which means he does have to undergo this mental evaluation. If I saw that guy in the gym, I'd go the other side <laughs> of the gym. <laughs> I would not work out. You think somebody to took his weights? Or? I don't know, man. Or, or stole a machine. He I'm was telling on. they didn't wipe down. He was pro or he was probably doing a, a circuit, and somebody thought he was done with the machine. That's what I hate the most. When someone's doing a circuit yeah. in a gym, you're like, you realize we're all using these machines, right? Or maybe uh, somebody asked for a spot, or he said, "Nah, too good for that. I ain't spot." Yeah, so he threw a dumbbell at him. That makes sense. I tell you about the time uh, we are on vacation, and it's always a bad idea to go up in one of these gyms or these fitness rooms and try to work out. Well, this was on the, the second floor, you know, and they had uh, weights in there. So. Like a hotel? or uh, Yeah, a resort. Okay. So, uh, you know. Of put, course, living the high life. So there, I, I'm going to do a little bench press, you know. So I throw on, you know, you know 225. I don't. But where I work out, you don't need the collars, right? Collars are, you know, who needs safety precautions? So I'm there, and uh, for some reason, they had the bar really oiled up well. So literally, I'm there doing reps, and all of a sudden, no. all the weights slide off both sides of the bar. And we're on the second floor, and there's glass mirrors all the way around. I've been there, yeah. Ooh, man. Yeah. We almost got kicked out of the resort for me working out. So the moral of the story is, don't work out on vacation. And I tried to tell the wife that. Why are we in this place? What? Why are we in this fitness room uh -huh. when we're at a beach? Yeah. I've had that happen before. I thought you were going to say the bar slipped through your hand and it crushed your chest, <laughs> which is uh, a worse way to spend a vacation. Yes. Uh, one more uh, police report. When Lenny Dykstra played, Jake probably doesn't even know who Lenny Dykstra is. He used to play for the Mets and the Phillies. Nails. We liked him because he was gritty. He was tough. He was just an ornery little fellow, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, this is taking it another. He's certainly had some issues. He's now 55. He's had some run-ins with the law. In fact, I think he's done some prison time. But an Uber driver picked him up, and uh, then then Dykstra tried to have him change the agreed-upon destination. The Uber driver said, "Nah, I'm not going to do that. Dykstra then pulls out a gun, points it at his head, and threatens to kill him, allegedly. This according to the police report. So the Uber driver, scared for his life, basically Speeds up, goes into a parking lot, and then the parking lot of a police station honks his horn, flees his vehicle, runs into the police station, and then of course the cops come out, they check out Dykstra, and they find all kinds of drugs on him, allegedly. Mm. That's rough. Yeah, yeah, that's rough. That's our police report sports update today. Uh oh, Dykstra's got a uh, he, on Twitter. He responded. Oh, here we go. Citing lyrics from Taylor Swift. And Kelly Clarkston. But I keep cruising, Clarkston. can't stop, won't stop moving, but I got this music in my mind saying, going to be all right, shake it off. <laughs> He's definitely on drugs, right? <laughs> yeah, they could probably use that. Who's Kelly you, Clarkston? <laughs> Man. Did I put a T in there? Yeah, you uh, put a T in there. Sorry. Come on, show some respect to the... Mm -hmm. Wasn't she the original American Idol? Yes. Yeah. How about that? And by the way, the voice, thankfully, is over for the year or for the season. If you missed it, uh, Tuesday or Wednesday night. Your wife really makes you watch that, huh? Yeah, unfortunately. But the good news is uh, America's Got Talent, the best uh, reality show on TV, will kick up again I'll next stop. week. I'll stop. I'll uh, stop. Speaking of reality shows, the NFL rolls along with the owners meeting. Uh, the worst kept secret, it is official now. New Orleans is getting the Super Bowl in 2024. Yep, awesome, awesome news. Pretty good stuff. And, of course, their presentation, uh, Gail Benson supposedly uh, hit it out of the ballpark. 
made a passionate plea and, of course, uh, talked about the fact uh, that the Tom ben- Benson legacy, she got choked up a couple times. Mm-hmm. While she was making the presentation, they had like a video montage of Benson playing in the background. That's good stuff. And also, while we're on the NFL, uh, in case you've been living under a rock, we'll go ahead and tell you the NFL has a policy in place that forbids players from sitting or taking a knee on the field during the anthem, that they can stay in the locker room if they choose. I don't want to dive too much into this, but uh, will this make a difference? And then, of course, do you think the TV broadcast, the players that do decide to stay in the locker room, you don't think they're going to have shots of them then when they come running? That out? was my whole point. Uh, you know, some people were saying, well, I mean, it, it, it takes away the the dis- demonstrative effort of these players. You know, they want to be a symbol or, or, or whatever. And I'm, I'm just going, guys, they're going to show the replay of them coming out of the – the tunnel late you're gonna know exactly who's not on the Unless field the network's coming to some kind of agreement with the <laughs> don't hold your breath man don't hold your breath i i guarantee you they showed that uh i thought the the more important news was kind of like the league putting all the emphasis now on the different franchises where if there is a demonstration on the field mm-hmm. it'll be the owners and of course the teams being fine and then they're gonna have to figure out how to discipline their own players yeah, it definitely puts the pressure on the teams and the organizations. 888-993-7762. All right, coming up next, we're going to dive into Top 10 Thursday. Top 10 players of all time in LSU football, of course, honoring Billy Cannon. The Morning Drive on Sports Talk 97.7, back after this. Man, did Jake's ears just perk up. <laughs> I couldn't believe they were playing that. I couldn't believe Tabor played that. Look at how excited you got. No, I, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you ready for this uh, exercise? So, so you're going to take really. the, the lead here. You've done a lot of the research. Of course, you are the resident LSU homer in this office. So uh, top 10 Thursday, this was actually Quint's idea, but uh, Jake is all on board. Do you know how many great players are left off of this list? Uh, That's what sucks. Like, uh, it eats me up. So let's Jordan go. Jordan Jefferson, Etling, they didn't crack the they list. They didn't crack the Ryan list. Paralu, uh, Ryan Perlou just barely missed it. Yes. But <laughs> I want to go through some honorable mentions first, and I, I'm trying to sound. I love this music. I think I could listen to this all Absolutely. Day. But they don't play it anymore, really. Yeah, they go, I love They this. play some kind of new country, and it dry, that's another topic. Man, if this doesn't get you fired up for college football right here. Absolutely. All right, so uh, first honorable mention, Andrew Whitworth. Yeah. I wanted to put him on the list. I, I couldn't at the end of the day. So this is what the issue you come into when you, you start – doing this so do you go just base base it on their career at lsu or also does it come into play what they've accomplished at the nfl i did i did more of their career at lsu that said it'd be hard not to you know omit everything they did in the nfl that followed so like it, it i put more emphasis on their lsu career but certainly what they did in their nfl career so, Jamarcus, he's got a better chance to make this list. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, but Whitworth, you go back and look at his college credentials and what he accomplished. I mean, how many starts did he make? So, he set the LSU record uh, by starting in 52 games. <laughs> That's ridiculous, right? I mean, you could start right there. I know. And he, you know, all SEC, all American credentials. Uh, and then, of course, he went on to have a 13-year career still ongoing in the NFL. He's had 179 starts in the NFL. Um, And even this last season, look at all the credit he got for helping the Rams evolve as an offense. Everyone nationally was pointing to that as the best free, uh, you know, offseason move by bringing him in. And so Jake helped. talked about the fact that it's all about what you did at LSU, or 80% of your credentials, yeah. and then you just brought up the NFL in the ring. I know, but it's hard not to talk about that when, you know, you're, you're talking about this guy's incredible football career. Well, then for honorable mentions, I think along those bases, you have to go with Kyle Williams, of course, the former Western standout, and what he did while he was at LSU. A lot of people thought, you know, maybe overlooked a little bit at LSU, and now his lengthy NFL career. Yeah, I, I still go back to that defensive line you had Kyle Williams Chad Lavalle Marcus Spears mm. even Marquise Hill that that was nasty mm. that was one of the best defensive lines they've ever had uh what well, helped it helped them win the national championship <laughs> yeah yeah 
it paid off. Um, a couple more honorable mentions, and y'all are going to be like, what? These guys aren't on the list. Couldn't fit them. Tommy Hodson. Yeah, that one hurt leaving off. Uh, Charles Alexander. Y.A. Tittle. Y.A. Tittle does not make it. Y.A. Tittle does not make it. Um, here's one. That, yeah, you might be surprised he's an honorable mention, but he deserves to be an honorable mention. Odell Beckham. Mm. You look at what he did. He set the LSU record and actually finished second Messi for all-purpose yards with 2,315. Remember in 2013, his ridiculous season? Um, he finished fifth in LSU history with all-purpose yards with 4,118. So I think that deserves – I think a lot of people think about Odo Beckham and think more about the NFL. You forget that he had a really good career at LSU, including one of the um, best returns. It's not Billy Cannon level, but – the, the return he had against Ole Miss, I, th- I think that's top ten returns in LSU history. So if Odell doesn't crack the list, his running mate certainly doesn't either. No, no, he doesn't either. Mm. Yeah, so you've got a lot of names left off. I, those are the ones I, I really wanted to point out. All right, well, let's uh, point out you certainly did not mention Leonard Fournette. Nope. Um, he, Listen, if he would have stayed healthy, I think he could have cracked the list. But his junior season, he was—he just had that nagging ankle injury, mm-hmm. and that just kept him off the field too much. So I, I, I couldn't put him on the list. Of course, he had a great career. Um, another player that deserves a lot of credit, too, is Brady James. Oh, yeah. Talking about one of the best linebackers. Kevin Falk, the one the same linebacker. Trev Falk. Trev Falk. Yeah. Um, Kevin Falk. Trev Falk, yeah. Yeah. I, and they, they played together. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about quite a – Quite a duo there. And didn't it come to a point where Falk decided to come out early and uh, yeah. Brady came back for mm-hmm. his senior year? Yep. Yeah, Trev Falk uh, regretted that decision. He should have came back as well. Uh, how about Corey Webster? Another good one. Another tough one. Um, that he was, was a two-time All-American. Yeah, yeah. He, he definitely deserved it. But when you're talking about defensive backs, I think he's the forgotten defensive back, sadly, because they've had so many great ones recently. But you're right, Corey Webster, he was he was one of my favorites um, growing up, just the way he was able to, to make plays. And I think he even had, a, he had an interception in that national championship game against mm-hmm. Oklahoma. Uh, but, yeah, he was tough to leave off as well. I, again, point, we could go all shows talking about honorable mentions. Uh, well, at one point, I believe um, some consider him the best cover guy ever at LSU. And, of course, mm-hmm. there was a couple after him that weren't too shy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Leron Rutlandry? So here's, here's the deal with him. 48 uh, straight starts, I believe. Uh-huh. If he could cover a little bit better, sure. But, man, if you're talking about – I still go back to his play on both John Parker Wilson and another Alabama running back where he blitzed. And on the broadcast, um, the, the call was, that's just evil because he destroyed – John Parker Wilson. And I remember that was the call, and I was like, that's one of the best calls ever, man. Like, uh, that's just evil. But he was such a physical safety. I loved watching him play. And I think if you're talking about safeties, Chad Jones, too. Chad Jones had a great career at LSU. But, again, we can go all day talking about. That defense would be pretty salty if you put together an all-LSU defense. Absolutely. Uh, I don't think you have him on your list because it goes back a while. Uh, Warren Capone? No, didn't make the list. Hmm. Is that just disrespecting LSU? No, I, again, I told you I was. He's only a two-time s- All-American, I believe. Some said he was uh, the best linebacker ever at LSU from '71 to '73. I think uh, Saul Gray's when we picked his brain about this topic uh, yesterday. He mentioned Capone. Yeah, and, and again, I mean, you can keep Kevin Mawai, uh Michael Clayton. You know, if you want to get down to it. Really, Wendell Davis, mm. Johnny Robinson. I mean, there, there's a lot of names that are not on this list, okay? That's that's the whole point of this right here, <laughs> just saying, listen. And it's subjective. I'll say that, too. It's uh, it's also subjective. So you probably won't this – you probably won't agree, and that's why I thought it would be kind of fun to go through because, like I said, we all agree on Billy Cannon 1. After that, it gets, it gets crazy. You didn't pick Booger either. You didn't pick Booger either. Are you ready to start this list? Sure, man. Or do you want to keep going no, I'm through? I'm just trying to get, I got you on your heels. That's right. And I like the fact that I made you say pick booger. That was good. <laughs> you walked right into that. <laughs> I do not pick booger. All right. 
Uh, number 10, Dalton Hilliard. All right. So the early 80s were dominated by this guy. I, I remember reading about him and how he shared the backfield with another great back in Gary James uh, up until recently, and probably I think people still regard that as the best running back duo in LSU history, although I think Fournette and Geis <laughs> gives them a run for their money. Um, but James was supposed to be the all-everything player, and then Hilliard stole the show. Uh, he ended up, you know, despite sharing the backfield with that great player, Hilliard ended up rushing for over 4,000 yards and 44 touchdowns in his career, plus he had over 1,000 receiving yards. Now, I remember uh, Dad would tell me stories that LSU coaches would rip the defense all summer when Hilliard was a freshman because they were like, why can't y'all tackle this guy? And then come to find out, he did it to all the other SEC teams as well. So I think Dalton Hilliard uh, deserves to be on this list at number 10. Three-time All-SEC, 82, 84, and 85, of course, went on to uh, join the Saints, a member of the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame, also the Saints Hall of Fame, uh, Pro Bowler, one year for the Saints. Number nine, Burt Jones. Mm. Uh, Was named the National Player of the Year by Sporting News in 1972. Uh, Finished fourth in the Heisman. He threw for 3,255 yards and 28 touchdowns which set school records back then. Let, let's go right there. Back then, uh, 28 touchdowns was a school record. How yeah. times have changed. Threw for 3,225 yards. Perhaps not giving him the respect that he deserves. He finished fourth in the Heisman back in 72 and just the ninth best player in LSU history could, on this list. Could you know arguably be top five. That's just where he landed on my list. Uh, went to three bowl games, won an SEC title overall. The Rustin Rifle, his record at LSU, 26-6-1. Not too bad. All right, number eight, you teased him earlier, Josh Reed. Uh, Blitnikoff winner. He led the SEC in receiving yards per game, receptions per game, and all-purpose yards. And he set a total of 17 records during that season. Uh, he became the first 3,000-yard receiver in SEC history. Um, he set an SC record for receptions and yards in a game. You remember the Alabama game? 19 catches, 293 yards. Troy Edwards numbers. 19 catches, 293 yards. That's insane. Also in that Sugar Bowl, he went off. He had 239 yards in that uh, win against number seven, Illinois. So I think Josh Reed, when you're talking about greatest players of all time, he deserves recognition just because of the video game numbers. He, I mean, those are crazy numbers for today. How many receptions total did LSU's receivers have last year? Uh, that's, yeah, you could probably compare the two. <laughs> he probably outcalled. He had 94 in 2001. Yeah. It's insane. I mean, it was. I remembered him being great. When you actually sit back and look at the, the numbers and the records he set, you're like, Wow, I guess I didn't realize at the time how insane this is. Mm. All right, at number seven, Glenn Dorsey. I wanted to have him higher, but ultimately, you know, when he got chop blocked against Auburn, he was still, and I guess this should be a credit to him, he was still dominant, but he wasn't as dominant after that, rightfully so. I mean, he was dealing with a knee injury. But you're talking about a guy who won the Nagurski, Lombardi, Outland, and Lott. I mean, he won every – he was – they still consider him to be the most decorated player. I know he didn't win the Heisman like Billy Cannon did, but if you're talking about just individual awards, excluding the Heisman, he's won more awards than anyone. And a national champion. And he's a national champion. Um, Is he one of those guys, though, as dominant as he was in the college ranks? And, of course, I think he was the the fifth overall pick in the NFL draft. Whereas his NFL career didn't live up to the hype. So then, of course, it kind of tarnishes a little bit about what he did at LSU. I don't think it tarnishes it. But, again, I think those injuries lingered. I don't think he ever got back to himself after that chop block. But Dorsey was one of the most explosive defensive tackles I've ever seen. Uh, he, he, I think if he wouldn't have got injured and would have stayed that explosive throughout that year, which he was still honored in so many great ways, I think he would have been given top three. He did end up uh, lasting eight years in the NFL in Kansas City and San Francisco. Yeah. And look, lasting eight years in the NFL is nothing to yeah. you know, blink an eye at. Uh, before we continue, we continue to want to hear you weigh in on the Stuart Shelby hotline slash text line. 
888-993-7762. What did Jake get right? What did he get wrong on this LSU list on Top 10 Thursday? Let's take a timeout. Coming up next, we'll resume with what, number seven? Number seven. Number seven, coming up after the break. And then the voice of the LSU Tigers, Chris Blair, will join us at 8 o'clock. All right, Top 10 Thursday rolls along. What you got over there, Jake? Uh, Terry says, my hero when I was growing up was none other than Burt Jones. I was the biggest Baltimore Colts fan at Schwartz Elementary School. Uh, Burt Jones was also my father's favorite player as well. Uh, FS says, Johnny Robinson belongs in the NFL Hall of Fame. Yeah, Johnny Robinson, uh, you look at uh, his NFL career, six-time AFL All-Star, three-time AFL champion, NFL interceptions leader back in 1970, first-team All-Pro also in 70, went to the Pro Bowl that year, and then, of course, the Super Bowl champion. Uh, reached out to Johnny Robinson. He always shies away from the cameras and the tension numerous times throughout my career. Maybe one day we will get that interview. Yeah, would love to have that. Uh, you want to revisit just uh, where we at on the top ten list? We are at number six. Um, we got at ten. We yeah. at ten. I put Dalton Hilliard, uh, nine Burt Jones, eight Josh Reed, seven Glenn Dorsey, and here we are at number six. All right, at six, I went with Patrick Peterson, uh, and this is one of the cases where, again, I try to put the most emphasis on LSU career, but it's hard to block out what we've seen him do in the NFL since then. Um. So we earlier, you know, some made the, the remark that Corey Webster was the, the best defensive back ever covered guy that LSU had. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, the competition gets along. a little tougher as uh, Patrick Peterson yeah. joins the conversation. Certainly. And, and you know, Peterson won the uh, Bednarik. He, he finished with uh, 135 tackles, had 22 pass breakups and seven interceptions. Should have been eight had they got the call right against Bama. Oh, well, go back to that. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, he had his foot down. He had it? two feet down. <laughs> that was a catch in the NFL. What are we talking about? Uh, that uh, still stings, doesn't it's it? It still, yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, but, you know, not only what he did at LSU, and he was great at LSU. He even was an electrifying uh, returner. He scored touchdowns three different ways, by the way. He had a, a punt return touchdown, an interception return for a touchdown, and blocked the field goal. Uh, took a blocked field goal back for a score, um, so he, his athleticism was off the charts, and now he's you know he's become one of the best defensive backs in the last decade in the NFL. Uh, you could definitely make that argument. So everything he's done in his career, I think he deserves to be on this list. I think number six is a really good landing spot for him. All right, number five, I got Alan Fanica, mm. another guy who had a great. Um, professional career so you well. go back and you look at his uh, lsu statistics and the fact he made uh, 36 starts there have been a lot of other players of course have made more starts we mm-hmm. talked about whitworth but uh reportedly only allowed one sack in his lsu isn't that career. insane isn't that insane that's the statistic that jumps out at me where you're just like what <laughs> that that is absurd but uh you know first team all-american uh, you said he started 36 games for LSU and then went on to have a 13-year career where he started 201 games. Yeah. So, this is where his credentials and you have to get whether you do. I mean you can't nine ignore it. nine pro bowls. Yeah, you can't and a Super Bowl champion. You can't ignore it. Again, I, I try to put most emphasis on the LSU career, but you can't ignore those the, the things that have followed. So, Alan Fanica number 5 um, for, for on this list. All right, at 4 Here's a guy that I said you could argue could be on the Mount Rushmore for LSU football, and that's Kevin Falk. All I need to say about him is that he broke Herschel Walker's all-purpose <laughs> yards record in the SEC. Herschel Walker was, was pretty good, in case you didn't know. Uh, but he had 6,833 all-purpose yards. You're talking about a tremendous skill player at LSU, and then he went on to be a great skill player for the Patriots. And to, to last that long with that organization, he had a very long career. 99 to uh, 2011. That's incredible. Three-time Super Bowl champ. Yeah, so Kevin Falk, uh, most deservedly. And, and honestly, you know, you're talking about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire this year. 
I think a lot of people want to make the comparisons to Kevin Falk because of the body size, but it's like <laughs> is that pump, very compared pump to anybody? The break. Well, yeah. you know, I mean, people, yeah. you know, are going to compare uh, Boston Scott to Darren Sproul. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just happens. It doesn't mean they're as good as those players. You just look at it, how they how they look, and it, it reminds you of players from the past. So, yeah, when people are making Kevin Falk expectations or comparisons, uh, that can be a little tough. I like to compare Leonard Fournette to Leonard Fournette. <laughs> They stand on the sidelines. That's they right. Look they look similar, yeah. <laughs> they look alike. Uh, Falk, you mentioned it, three-time SEC, 53 total touchdowns, uh, led the SEC in rushing both his junior and senior years. Yep. Uh, all right, number three, I, t- I cheated. I put two players at number yeah, three. That's what we figured. Uh, all right, first, Jerry Stovall, um, SEC Player of the Year, Finished second in the Heisman. Plus, he's a local guy. You got to put him up. Got to, got to put the local guys on there. Yeah. Uh, and literally, it just news came out. What was it? Uh, two weeks ago, that uh, Stovall's number will be retired. Yeah. He jo- joins the list of just his jersey will be yeah, retired, not just, the number. Just three overall LSU uh, football players are where this has happened. Yeah. Thirteen overall in the LSU mm-hmm. athletic department. Yeah, and, and it's you know he's had a storage career. He that was back in the the days where he played everything and he played everything. And he was great at everything. So, yeah, Jerry Stovall, you got to honor the past and what he did. And I think he was, wasn't he like the second overall pick in the draft as well? Something something like that. I need to check on that. I, sh- I should have did some research on that. But uh, <laughs> he he, uh, he most deservedly belongs in the top three, I think. Uh, we played the clip from him uh, a couple of weeks ago when we had an interview with him a, a few years back talking about the fact that he was literally one of the last scholarships that LSU offered. And then, of course, he made himself into what he was with the Tigers. Sure. Now, I cheated. I said I, at three. Wait, let's go here. If, if I can get Jerry Stovall on this summer, would you rather hear him or Eddie Bonai? I'd rather hear Jerry Stovall. Okay, just check <laughs> We're working on this guest list for the summer. Uh, yeah. Well, there's a lot of stuff, you know, you and I both want to ask Bonai, but I think it would be better to hear from Stovall. Anyway. <laughs> All right, uh, like I said, I cheated. I put Tyron Matthew at three as well. Now, Aaron, go ahead and tell me. I'm crazy for putting Tyron Matthew this high on this list. I remember he had an incredible year. What year was that? 2011. 2010 was great, I, I, He was a finalist for the Heisman? Yes. He made the trip? Yes. I forgot First defensive back to make the trip since Charles Woodson won it in 97. Mm. Now, I'll say this. Nobody left a greater impact in less amount of time than him. Talking about just two years, got worked his way onto the field as a true freshman, impacted the game, had a great freshman year, and then that sophomore season goes down as one of the best seasons I've ever seen. Um, he played in 26 games, only started 14 times, yet he owns the school record for 11 forced fumbles. <laughs> 11 forced fumbles. Are the you kidding Badger me? Honey Badger was all over the place. That's, by the way, tied for first for an SEC record. Um, he recorded 133 tackles, had four interceptions. He scored four touchdowns, two of them being uh, fumble returns and two of them being punt returns. Uh, you talk about his uh, electric returns. The Georgia one, not the one he returned for a touchdown, but the other one where he shook everybody on the team and nearly took it back, that was one of the most fun returns that season. Um, and then the Arkansas return, they really needed that. They were down 14 to nothing. You know, it was a 91-yarder. Anyway, he averaged 15.6 yards per return, was named the 2011 National Defensive Player of the Year. Like I said, finished fifth in the Heisman. And uh, despite being undersized, he became the best playmaker in college football. And he even translated that to the NFL. I still say he's the most instinctive player I've ever seen. I'm not as old as all of you, but through my eyes, not all of you, some of you. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm just saying, like, I'm, I'm acknowledging my age, but for me, yeah. Most instinctive player I've ever seen, and I've and I've, you know, seen the better part of two decades. And we all like the feel-good stories and the route and the road that he was going down, and for him to turn his life around and make really just the turnaround in his off the a field. Great story, yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. I think had he returned, had he had he not been kicked off, had another year, I think it would be a no-brainer. It's it's bold to put him there. I'm acknowledging this. It's bold to put him there. But I just think, again, that's the greatest season I've seen. And I like the fact that he goes back and, of course, he continues to give money to LSU, a huge donation just uh, recently. 
he understands what LSU did for him and, of course, how they put their neck out there for him. Sure. Go ahead. All right, number two, Tommy Casanova. Um, very few times has LSU had a player that was regarded as undoubtedly the best in the nation, and Casanova was one of those few players. Um, Three-time All-American while he was there, uh, LSU in 27-7. and seven. Yeah, he – it, actually, 1971, Sports Illustrated had him on the cover and actually read Tommy Casanova, best player in the nation. So that's pretty dang cool. Uh, his jersey was retired in 2009. He's in the College Football Hall of Fame, uh, and he served as you know running back, kick returner, defensive back, along the same lines as, as uh, Jerry Stovall, just being able to do it all. So Tommy Casanova, number two on this list. And obviously, number one. Number one, Billy Cannon, uh, absolute legend. Again, you can pick apart this list all you want, but I don't think you can take away him being number one. He, the only Heisman Trophy winner at LSU, quite frankly, his run against Ole Miss, the Halloween run, will be talked about forever uh, among LSU fans. I mean, that will be passed from generation to generation as, I'll say this, as the greatest play in LSU history. I don't think anything will ever top it. So his legacy is intact. It will always be intact, and he should be the number one player in LSU history. Ben with a hard-hitting question. Did Jake go to LSU or Nichols? <laughs> hey, y'all want to do a Nichols list next yeah, week? Yeah, that shouldn't take us long. All right. Sure. Yeah, no, it'll, I'll show. <laughs> Who's the best player ever from Nichols? I don't know. Oh, oh man. <laughs> you know why I went to Nichols. <laughs> I went to Nichols for the Mannings. You know this. <laughs> There you go. There's top ten Thursday, top ten players of all time in LSU football history. That was fun. Yeah. Uh, Mark Rain says, watch the referee keep up with Cannon on the return. Head speed. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that was fun. It, it's so difficult. I, I hate those type of lists, though, because, again, you're leaving off. Like, yeah. we're, I didn't even have Brady James on that list, yeah. and he had over 400 career tackles. Like, it's stuff like that that you're just like, this isn't right. And after Joe Burrow comes out and leads them to a win over Miami, Number one. Jake will have him and Matt Canada, one of the greatest offensive coordinators in the history of LSU. We should do greatest LSU coaches, Matt Canada. That are no one. longer there. <laughs> <laughs> Guys that have moved on. That's right. 888-993-7762. Coming up in the next hour, we look forward to catching up with the voice of LSU Tigers, Chris Blair. And then how about 815? You want a little... Uh, History lesson. Malcolm yeah. Butler and Keith Prince are there or will be on the show to deliver some uh, Louisiana Tech news and nuggets as they can try to compile a list of the top 50 players that played in the Joe. I can dig it. Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com. Or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.